Hi, this is Pastor James Strickland, and you are listening to our sermon cast for Homeland Park Baptist Church. Your word. Uh, the book of Psalm is, is just an amazing book because you remember growing up where you would hear a song on the radio and you're like, man, that song was written for me. Or you have you maybe have a, a love interest and you pick your song together for Donna and I. It's Jeff Healy, Angel Eyes. It's a beautiful song. And uh, so every time we hear about it, we get googly eyes and just remember those days. But do y'all have songs to take you back and remember a time and a place? Or am I just the only one? Okay, I guess it's just me. <laughs> but, but I do. I mean, I can remember like the, the first dance growing up. I can remember um, good times. I can remember bad times. And so anyway, it's not about me. Uh, but the reason I say all that is because that's why I love the book of Psalms, because these are lyrics. These are songs. You don't know the music to it, but I know that as you read these, it's like, man, this writer is, is writing exactly what I feel. And so, in this passage, we are looking at the greatness of God. And as I said earlier, sometimes life can feel overwhelming with all the troubles of this world weighing in. Um, we must remind ourselves of the greatness of God. Though many try to ignore him or erase him from the world, it will never happen. In good times and bad, God and his goodness is true. So let's take a few moments this morning, as we have already from Psalm, just to praise the Lord. And just as a kind of a, a real quick background on this Psalm 135, today's Psalm would be something that they would have read in public, much like a worship service. And it was a hymn to be used at official celebrations like at the Jewish feast or the Passover. And so what they did is this song is kind of like, you ever got those albums of your favorite artists and had like all their favorite songs on it? So this song here is not an original word, but it is pieces of, of famous songs put together into this Lyric, and, and there's three main sections, and I know you're, this is really going to bless your heart, but I just wanted you to see in this song that there are three things, three sections. The first is one through four. That's kind of like your, if you were to get your bulletin out, we do this every week. You know, we don't change bulletins. We don't change order. We're Baptist. But on front of it, you have call to worship. And that is kind of like, hey, y'all, let's get ready. Let's go. That's kind of like the ball game where the cheerleaders come out. Rah, rah, rah. Kick him in the knee. Anyway, uh, so verses one. Th- I don't know where that came from. Um, anyway, um, verse one through four is introduction and the call to worship. Then verses five through eighteen, that's the main body, and the main body of what they're, they're trying to get across. And, and what they're trying to get across here is just a reminder of God and His character. My friends, part of the strategies of the devil is for us to think that God's goodness is not a thing. For us to think that God, all he wants to do is put us under his thumb and watch his sperm. That is not God. That is of the devil because God is good. And then verse 19 through 21, that's y'all's favorite part of the worship service, which is the benediction and the closing. So you can go and get to your restaurants and your naps and all that kind of good stuff. But that's kind of like the structure of this this psalm here, but for the next few minutes we have gathered together this morning, 
I would like for us to take time to remember the goodness of God. Everyone here this morning is hearing this message, whether it be in person or by way of the video there. All of us could, be, could stand to be reminded of God's love. And ultimately, that no matter what happens in our life, He's always got our best intentions at heart. Yes, just like it says in Romans, God works all things out for the good of those who love Him. Let's spend a few moments today praising God for just that. This is not just a hymn to tickle our hearts. It gives several reasons for praising Him. This is some reasons to praise God for His greatness. So let's just jump in to the Scripture. The first thing we see, we've already sung it this morning, praise Him, praise Him. You see, there's a theme going on here. It says, praise the Lord, praise the name of the Lord, praise Him, you who serve the Lord, you who serve in the house of the Lord, in the courts of the house of our God. Those are verses 1 and 2. What we see here is that God is our everything. You realize that there is no God. If God does not have a plan for you, and God does not have a plan for me, we are wasting our time here this morning. We might as well go to a, a cemetery meeting, a rotary club, or, or all these other things that just benefit from all of those things. Which those are good things. I'm not saying they're bad. But we are here to worship God and to praise Him. And that's what this, these verses are laying out. From the moment God told Moses to tell Pharaoh that his name was I Am, we see that in Exodus 3.14, we see in Scripture that God is our all in all. The name I Am, the name Yahweh means He is our one true God. He is our world. He is our everything. God is our creator. And he is our Redeemer, and his character is unchanging. Just go to the most popular verse in the world, John 3, 16. For God so loved the world. I don't know if you need to hear this today, but I need to hear this today. God loves you. God loves you. You say, but preacher, i got this going on. He loves you. But preacher, you don't know what I've done. He loves you. I, I worship him all the time. Good. He loves you. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. Because he is good. How much time do we spend praising God for who he is? That's an honest question. How much time do we spend praising God for who he is? You see, again, as I said a minute ago, Satan wants you to forget about the goodness of God. How do I know that? Go all the way back to Genesis. Remember when God laid out all the things that Adam and Eve should do? And so when the serpent comes to tempt Adam and Eve, what is, what's the question the serpent asked? Did God really say that? Plan it down. Should God want you to be like Him? And now today, thousands of years later, people are looking at the Bible as just a book and not the, the inerrant Word of God, and they're basically saying to this whole book, did God really say that? We haven't, fall, we haven't fallen far from that first tree, have we? Have you forgotten to praise God for all that His name represents? 
to praise Him for His goodness. It says again in verse 2, You who serve in the house of the Lord, the courts of our house of our God. And this this kind of hit me because I just sat here and I thought, for those who serve in the church, whether it be a paid or volunteer position, are we always praising Him when we do it? How many of us walk into the church this morning? Praise Him, praise Him, that joyous, but at the same time, I don't know about you, but there are, some, there are some days where this is Sunday, this is what we do. And then Monday, this is what we're going to do. Tuesday, this is what we're Wednesday, okay, some of us have some church, but then Friday, Saturday, woo, weekend, everybody's working for the weekend. And then Sunday, this is what we do. I mean, really, we are sitting and, and basking in the presence of the Holy God. His Spirit is here among us, the God that created us, the God that loves us, the God that wants to hear from us, the God that sent His Son for us. We are worshiping here today. Is there any other thing? It is so much better than a touchdown. Touchdowns are one point for one game in one moment of time. But the victory that we have through Jesus Christ is for eternity. And we need to praise Him for that. We need to praise Him for His goodness. In verses 3 and 4 it says, Praise the Lord, for the Lord is good. Celebrate His lovely name with music. For the Lord has chosen Jacob himself, Israel, for His own treasure. You see, the psalmist gives us here the why God should be praised. Why? Because He is good. God's goodness is expressed many times in the Bible. God's goodness is seen throughout the world. Many can comment on the evil that is out there in the world. I mean, let's get a, a group of us afterward. We'll get some coffee or we'll go somewhere and grab a taco or something. We'll talk about how bad things are in this world. How long do you think we can talk about that? There are some people who make a living of doing that up and getting a biscuit in the morning and doing that for five days a week. They're so cute when they're in there. They just sit there and they talk. We have no problem talking about how bad the things in the world are. Oh, did you see this in the newspaper? Well, yeah, I had a cousin that, but did you hear about so-and-so? They died. I never thought. I always wondered why older people would uh, be looking, with, when there was newspapers, they would look at the newspaper, and the first place they'd go to is the obituaries. I guess, first of all, to make sure their name wasn't in it. And then number two, to make sure that they did, that they, uh, they named known somebody so they can call all their friends. Did you hear about so-and-so? They died. <laughs> oh, they did. Who were they related to? Well, did they, oh, they died for me. <laughs> I've been around senior notes a long time in this church, and I love it. I'll never forget one time, uh, me and a couple of ladies were, were eating lunch, and they were telling me about Somebody's liver quivered, and somebody's pancreas uh, was falling out, and, and somebody died. And, 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 I mean, it was like five minutes straight. I'm like, oh, can I just order my food? And I was like, can you just tell me something good? And I joke about that, but the truth of the matter is, in all seriousness, there is a lot of sickness in this world. There is death in this world. There is crime in this world. And I want you to understand this. As horrible as there is evil in the world, is that not proof that on the opposite side of that, there is good? You can't have one without the other. 
You can't have light without dark. I guess you could have salt without pepper. I don't know what that is. But my point is, why do we spend so much time and energy talking about the bad instead of talking about the goodness of God? And that is what this song reminds us. Even God himself called us good. When he, he looked at Adam and Eve, and he looks at you right now, I want you to know that not only does God love you, love you, but he looks at you and says, look, you are good. You, of all the things that I created, you are the best. If God has a trophy case in heaven, it's you that are going to be on that trophy case. Because he loves you, he is good, and he is proud of you. He says, look, of all the things that I've done, this is good. Don't forget your status in God. Don't forget the fact that as a child of God, you are the most treasured thing in the universe. That when we go to heaven, we're going to have dominion over angels. We are not the bottom of the food chain. We are not subjects for him to test and to play with. We are not a science experiment. God is good. To the core of God, he is good. He can't be anything else. And we must celebrate his name. I tell you what, there's nothing more lame than going to a party where no one's having fun. You ever been to those parties? I remember back when uh, they used to have dances at school. And you know, you go in, what do they call them? The Sadie Hawkins dances, where the guys sit on one side and the girls sit on the other. And you're supposed to go over there. And I don't know how a guy is supposed to muster up his courage to ask a girl to dance. Nowadays, they just test each other and put it on half, I guess. But the thing is, is that you ever been to a party where it's supposed to be a party, but it's not a party? You're looking around. Where's Kate? Is so and so going to be here? They said they were going to be here. Everybody just standing around. Folks, that could be every church on a Sunday morning. As we sit here in our stoic, holier than thou looks, thinking that it is just another Sunday, and we miss an opportunity to praise Him for. His goodness. Well, not today. We see that we celebrate His name. We see that God has a plan for Israel by reminding the reader that God chose the Israelites through Jacob to be His people. And then we see in verses 5 through 14 that God is in complete control. Many times, panic occurs in our life when we think that we've lost control. I heard one guy say one time, if, if you find somebody that's out of control in one area of your life, whether it be a diet, a habit, a relationship, whatever, if they're out of control in one area of your life, they're usually out of control in another area. We don't like to lose control. I'm one of those guys that I can ride in the passenger seat, but I would much rather be driving because I think, I don't know whether it's a control issue or what. But things are not working out in this world like we had hoped for. Politics are a mess. I'm not even going to go into that. But rest assured, as much posturing and as much drama as we see in our political system, God has placed every one of them in their positions. And he is not scared at all. Verse 5 says, I know the greatness of the Lord, that our Lord is greater than any other God. 
What we see there is that many idols of mankind worship are impotently compared to our one true God. Money, fame, happiness, health, all of those things are great, but they have no eternal value. The more we put into our hands, into our garages, into our bank accounts, the emptier our lives become. If we do not put God in the middle of that. It says in verse 6, the Lord does whatever pleases Him. Now that's frustrating, isn't it? The Lord does whatever pleases Him throughout all heaven and earth and on the seas and in the depths. He causes the clouds to rise over the whole earth. He sends lightning with the rain and releases the wind from His storehouses. He destroyed the firstborn in each Egyptian home, both people and animals. He performed miraculous signs and wonders in Egypt against Pharaoh and all of his people. You see the greatest hits that's coming through you, right? He just talked about the, the, the death of the Passover. He just talked about the Exodus. It says in verse 10, He struck down great nations and slaughtered many kings. Sion, king of the Amorites, Og, king of Bashan, and all the kings of Canaan. He gave their land as an inheritance to a special possession to his people Israel. What we see here, as you read those verses, it wasn't all potluck suppers and sweet desserts, was it? There were some nasty things in there. There were people that were killed. There were people that were hurt. There were people that lost their land. There were people that lost their lives. But still you say, preacher, why do you say God is good? Because that's what he is. Here's what I don't want you to think. God is good, but also, here's what I want you to know, good and bad flow from the hand of God. Good and bad flow from the hand of God. Yes, God does things we love, but he also does things we don't love. Things we dislike. Things we do not understand. Remember, when you are in a moment to where God is doing something you like, it's like, woo, oh God, amen, yeah, yeah. Everything's great, but when you get that news, that's not good. When you get that event that is not good, when you're struggling with something that you can't get rid of, and you're struggling with God, and you're struggling with people, and you say, well, I thought you were a good God. He is. But he just may very well be putting you through something to strengthen you for what you don't see that's coming down the road. Ultimately, whether we are going through things that are fun or things that are horrendous. If you are a believer in Jesus Christ, it is for your good. When I go back and I look at things that have happened in my life, there are times where I really thought I didn't make it. I shouldn't be here. I have a hard time. But I'm standing here by the grace of God because He took me through waters where I had to swim, even when I didn't want to. And I know every one of you in here have the same testimony. Sometimes God has to do bad things to make good things happen. Now, it's kind of like you, you see about all these wildflowers that are out in California and other places. It's kind of like it didn't make sense to me when I first heard this, but sometimes they'll have to go start a fire to put a fire out. Sometimes they'll go light a bat 
fire to where it will burn all the vegetation so that when that big fire starts growing and it gets to that place that's already been burnt, it doesn't have any fuel and it will eventually die out. Sometimes God sets backfires in your life, in our life, where he has to burn something that we don't want to be burned so that when the bigger battle comes, we are ready for it because he is good. Romans 8, 28. Christians and non-Christians alike love to quote this verse. But i got news for you. If you are not a believer in Jesus Christ, it does not apply to you. But for those that are born again and have a relationship with Jesus Christ, it said, Romans 8, 28, it's on on the screen there, and we know that God causes everything to work together for the good of those who love God and are called according to his purpose for them. Not for the happiness, not for the comfort, but for the good. Some of you, you, you're raising children, you've had children. How was it that first time you had to get them to swallow cough syrup? How'd that go? Any testimonies? (laughs) Did more of an end up on you than (laughs) in the (laughs) mouth? They don't want it. They can make that face. Oh, no. You try to shove that spoon in their mouth and it's not going in there. But sometimes God's got to give us the medicine even though we don't want it. But it's for our good. We see in verses 13 and 14 that God's love is forever. Look, it says, Your name, O Lord, endures forever. Your fame, O Lord, is known to every generation. For the Lord will give justice to his people and have compassion on his servants. My friends, if you are serving God and you've never felt beat up, God is good and he has compassion for you. And then finally, we see in, in verses 15 through 18, and I finally always find it. You've got to be very careful with this. Here's a warning. You become like the gods you worship. You become like the gods you worship. And I use little g there for a reason. We're talking about idols here. Look at what he says in verse 15. The idols of the nations are merely things of silver and gold shaped by human hands. They have mouths but cannot speak, and eyes but cannot see. They have ears but cannot hear, and mouths but cannot breathe. And those who make idols are just like them, as are all who trust in him. And those who trust in their idols. When I was putting this message together, I thought about 1 Kings 18, where there was a prophet named Elijah, and he was trying to show uh, King Ahab and, and his wife that the prophets of Baal were just a joke, and that his God, Yahweh, was the one true God. So they put up this test, and this is the real cliff note, quick version. They basically took a bowl, cut it up, put it in this big pit. They put a moat around it, and they doused it with water, by the way. That was while they were having a drought, so that water was very costly. And so they drowned that, 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 that bowl, pieces and all that stuff. And so the, the prophets of Baal, they danced, they sang, they prayed to their gods, Goji again. They prayed to their gods, and nothing happened. It got so bad to where they started cutting themselves trying to get some, their God to answer something. And so, basically, 
if you go back and read it in chapter 18 of 1 Kings, <laughs> Elijah kind of heckles him a little bit. What's the matter? You got to sleep? What's the matter? Are they, are they in the bathroom? What's the matter? Are they, have they gone out to lunch or something? What's it? Come on, sing harder. Shout harder, boys. And so they did, and they kept trying, and nothing. And they finally said, Elijah got stood up and said, okay, it's my time. No, no, not really. He didn't say it's my time. He said, okay, it's God's time. So I'll tell you what, put some more water on that thing. Elijah prays and whoosh, <laughs> fire from heaven consumes that sacrifice. And there isn't a lick of water left in that pit. My friends, I know we all in here claim to know Jesus Christ as our Savior and Lord. But these little gods, whether it be money, aspirations, Selfish ambition, even good things, if they take our time away that is allotted for God, we will be worshiping the wrong things. And the Bible says, and even in the Ten Commandments, that there are no other idols before me. That's what God said. So we have to constantly make sure that we are keeping God first because you will become what you worship. Those who worshipped idols, they were blind to their devotion to them. They didn't realize that the false gods only took them, took from them and never gave anything back. If you want to find out if you've got any little gods in your life, any idols, I challenge you to ask a God to show you. Begin to rid yourself of the things that pull you away from your walk with God. And in small, subtle ways, you become, again, like what we worship. What takes top priority in your life? Where does God factor into your desires and hopes for a future? Choose carefully because you will take on the characteristics of whatever you worship. If you worship money, your whole life is going to be about money. If you worship, now I'm going to here, but if you worship your family, it means that you will spend all your effort and all your time on your family, but if you neglect God, you will reap the, the results of that later on in life. Choose carefully because you will take on the characteristic of what you worship. Then this is finally a benediction of praise. A closing thoughts. Verses 19 to 21. Oh Israel, praise the Lord. Oh priests, descendants of Aaron, praise the Lord. Oh Levites, praise the Lord. All you who fear the Lord, praise the Lord. The Lord be praised from Zion, for he lives here in Jerusalem. Praise the Lord. You see, God calls us to give the recognition to God that he deserves. God is being praised from Zion to Jerusalem. What does that mean? That means that from this earth to the eternal earth, we praise God. If he praise anything else, any other person that claims they are God, any other thought, you go back to where their, their leaders are buried, you will find bones. But when we praise God today in this worship service, it goes from here, and it will last for eternity. That is the good God that we serve. So praise the Lord. What an ending. A declaration to praise the Lord for his goodness, and a call to tell others the same. If you don't know God as good, I challenge you to do so. But I will tell you this, if you have sin in your life, it will mask it from you every single time. 
is good. He is worthy of our praise. And shall we praise him this morning? Let's pray.